All right, folks, welcome back to Keepers of the Word. You're here with Mike and James. What's up, guys? Another great show for you today about a book that we read called Consorting with Spirits by Jason Miller. But before we get into that, James, take it away. Make sure to follow all of our social media outlets, Twitch being our favorite. Hit the subscribe button and turn on the notifications to stay up to date with our new content. The views and topics of Keepers of the Word are solely our opinions and do not reflect the opinions of any Masonic Lodge or Grand Lodge. So today, as we were as I was saying earlier, we're talking about a book we all read, and it was a really good one. It was uh, super dense, got straight to the point. There was, I mean, the the top the 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 title "Consorting with Spirits." Yes. So this is uh, Jason Miller's new book. That just dropped. Uh, so how did we get this book, man? Because it just dropped, huh? So we uh, we follow, both me and Brian, we, we follow practices from Jason Miller. He's an amazing uh, teacher. Um, this is his new book, and we knew he was uh, dropping this new book, and he was asking for podcasts to review it. So we jumped on board. He sent us the book, and hence how we got the book before it came out. So we reviewed it, and this is our, our review of that. It is now actually currently available. If you search it on Amazon, I believe you can find it there. It's everywhere. Yeah. It's everywhere. Everywhere. So chapter one, jumping into what is a spirit. Energy, what type of energy is a spirit? Right. Now, there's many different definitions to what a spirit is. Uh, When we look at spirit, we can look at it as a soul, the the dead, uh, or even a God. But I think the clear definition of what that is, is what is where the work begins, right? Well, it could mean like, for example, what is electricity? You know what I'm saying? It can be many forms. can do many things. We can put electricity or spirit or spirit can enter in many different things and function with different uh, items. I like Jason's description of it though. Being that it's um, collective consciousness. Right. Collective consciousness traveling on its own in its own way. Well, yeah, like he's like he states, we like if you think about it, we us ourselves, we are spirits too, you know. So yes, I agree with that. So it's just it it kind of gets more into that, you know, like it's it's here, it's there, it's everywhere, you know. What what really. Um, Kind of opened my because after I read the first chapter, I was I was really sunk. Okay, now I'm committed, right? And then when I got to chapter two, the modes of manifestation, different types of manifestations, and I didn't know all these. You know, you had translocation, aspecting, possession, welcome or unwelcome, controlled appearances, mm-hmm. inhabitation, resonance. Yeah, that's what know. That, that's what's sorry to cut you off. That's what's cool, though, the different uh, how he, he breaks those down, because most people you're always kind of and again, um, because of probably Hollywood, you know, you're always expecting this big, huge thing, you know, this like, you know, horror film or, you know, whatever type situation this thing is like floating in front of you and the windows fly open and, you know, this type of stuff. But it's, you know, it's not that. You know, it's there's can be very subtle things and that you don't even um, even realize maybe at first, like when you're kind of first starting, you know, you 
you might be frustrated. Nothing's happening. Listen, but actually, stuff is. You know. <laughs> Have you experienced any modes of manifestations? Um. James, go ahead. I, I I do have a couple, but do you have? I mean, so uh, there's different types of practices where you may get experience, or you may be by yourself and you're not doing any practice or any ritual. You're walking through a hallway and you feel like you're having an experience. So I think many people have had experiences that they may not or do attribute to maybe it being a spirit. But um, it happens more frequently than I think most people think. I think we just alluded to something else. Oh, that was a noise, a house creaking, or whatever. Which, in most cases, it probably is. But in in some in instances, I believe that uh, a lot of these things do happen in a common occurrence. Yeah, there's like like I know for myself, I, I I'm a I'm I'm a person that I I try to really evaluate everything. You know, you talk to some people, you you they and and it's funny because this person may have just gotten to this thing, you know, yesterday, two weeks ago. Yeah, even that, you know, and. And, you know, I did this, I did my ritual last night and um, I was in a graveyard and this and that's like, no, you weren't. You're sitting in your room and you like imagined that for the most part, you know, is generally how it happens. So, but, but, so, but I, I hear these types of things from people and I always think, well, I hear it a lot, you know, is that really what it's supposed to be like? Cause it doesn't happen like that for me. Maybe I'm lacking, maybe, you know, but then he, he explains this in this book, you know, different people have their different, you know, some people are, and I guess that would be like someone who's psychically inclined. So you have yeah. all these experiences that, you know, you're seeing stuff, you close your eyes and you see this thing. It's happening like a movie, you know? Well, there's other people that doesn't happen that way. I am one of those people. So, um, <laughs> you know, they say that, you know, for example, like angels or spirits will appear to you in a form that you're most most comfortable with. Right. And this could be a lot of people believe that this is brought on from like your inner thoughts or memories and they take the form of that. So you're not so, so afraid of them. It, it's a way for them. It's something that's familiar to you. Yeah. So you're more calm so you can interact because they are this thing that we honestly, as much as we're going to probably talk about it today we don't even really understand. So they have to, um, you know, uh, uh, approach us in a way that we can actually um, perceive, I guess is the word. Right, if we can yeah. perceive it. Because, I mean, if, if you think exactly, about it, yeah. a lot of things, we, we, we are not interacting with them on a daily basis or seeing them, you know, they're they're not part of the job force. You know what I'm saying? They're not yeah. here every day. They're not bringing groceries. They're not, you know, living their own lives here. So this is something that is, you know, there's a little bit of a barrier there. Yeah. So part of like a, a, what a lot of people may you know know if you get into any type of spiritual practice, even and even if you're you're a Christian, you might even realize this. But when you're doing um, a ritual or you know, which a lot of times is basically a prayer, but something that you're told to do a lot of times is visualize, visualize, visualize. And people start to, you know, that's where you start to get the question of, okay, well, if I'm visualizing, I'm basically using my imagination. I'm creating these things in my mind. So it's all within me. It's within me. And yes and no. Um, so the visualizing part, you know, it's, it's, it's a practice. It's a muscle that you're working out. Because if you think about it, like what? Um, and, and, you know, we, we, uh, I know that you went to the, uh, the Lon Milo Duquette lecture, Mike, and, and, and also James, he kind of got into this a little bit with the way he was uh, explaining some of that stuff, but, um, oh, I just lost my train of thought. 
Um, Vis- visual- right, visualization man. from we're talking about visualization. No, that's right. That's right. That's right. So, so the visualization part—it's like a muscle. It's a, it's a, it's an exercise because you know when you if, if you're able to close your eyes and you can visualize something where you can see it, right? Like you can see this thing, whether it's an orange. Let's say it's it's a fruit. It's an orange. You close your eyes and you actually see that thing. Who's to say that it actually doesn't exist somewhere? You know, some dimensions. You know, some something like that. Even further, if you can close your eyes, not only see that orange, but what if you can like actually taste it? You didn't bite it, you know, right here in this physical, you know, where you're at, but you did that in your imagination, but you can taste it. So who's to say that somewhere like in this other reality, this other dimension, however you want to put it, um, you actually just took a bite of an orange, right? So it's kind of similar that way. Like that's where these things manifest. That's how they, how, where they're at. They're in different different um realms of existence i guess he he speaks about that to the different levels of of like spirits and and manifestations stuff like that but um so the visualization part is working out how to actually see that stuff you know so you start off actually visualize you know visualize oh my god (laughs) visualization i don't know why i can't say visualizing right now (laughs) you start off visualizing but then, because you're just, like I said, working that muscle out. But once you get that muscle going strong enough, that thing is actually presenting itself to you. So it will kind of take over. You'll start to see that things will appear to you. Like like you might be working out a specific, you know, visualization. Like this thing is supposed to look this way. It's this color. It's this. It's that. Whatever. And, you know, you do that over time, over time. Well, all of a sudden it might appear to you some other way not the way that you're trying to make it appear. It's another way, but it's because it's actually coming to you on its own that way. So that's, you know, it's, right. it, it's really cool. So I've had experiences with that where doing my meditation or my, you know, prayer or whatever, when I'm working through my, my visual visualizations that I've had um, stuff come through that I was like, wow, like, and I know that, and, and again, if you read any anything of Jason Miller, he's like, you know, always evaluate, evaluate, evaluate. And so these are things where after evaluate, I'm like, no, yeah, that wasn't me, you know. So um, that's where I could say, like, with my my experiences come with 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 um, that type of manifestation has been a little bit of the visual stuff. Where, like I said, I'm not, I don't feel that I'm good at that. So when it happens, I'm like, okay, something just happened, you know. I think we should kind of take it back to the name of the book here. So it's Consorting with Spirits, right? We're talking about spirits and what is spirits. Um, just to give you guys some connotation or some background on the name that he chose, which is pretty cool. So Consorting with Spirits. Um, this was the actual name of the crime that people were um, prosecuted accused by. Of, yeah. Accused of, right, and prosecuted and then uh, had judgment dealt out. Um, so the Consorting with Spirits is the actual name of the crime. So this would be in sorcerers, uh, witchcraft, uh, witches, or magicians, or anything of the sort that was mel- meddling around with spirits. This conversation probably could have... This conversation, yeah, if we were back mm-hmm. in the day. Uh, of course, this whole show, we would have been fried a long time ago. Um, and then he breaks down, we're asking, what is spirit? And he breaks it down in different models. You have a spirit model, you have a psychological model, an energy model, an information model, a cyber model... And a metal model. And these, these are ways of engaging with spirit. These are different models or, or formats of engaging, pushing and pulling, however you want to describe of what you're doing, your interaction, or say the least, consorting with spirits. 
So you can do it in a spirit model, a psychological model, energy model, information model, cyber model, and a meta model. Um, I believe he called it the perception projection ratio, right? Right. So, you know, with this aspect is he's saying is, you know, basically there are many ways that you can get to this. Like, uh, for example, I used uh, electricity as an example earlier. There's AC, there's DC, there's all kind of stuff. You know, we have wireless charging now. You know what I'm saying? Like, we didn't have that before. We had no concept of that. We thought if somebody says, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I put my phone down on this thing and just charge and have to connect? That's stupid. You know, everybody thought I was stupid because it's inconceivable, as some people would say. So, you know, you have all these different things that are happening here in different forms and and models that you can uh, use to interact. So spirit would be interacting with spirit on a spirit level. Psychological, more on the mind. You have the energy. People believe the spirits are more, more made of energy. And when they try to manifest, there's like the room gets cold because now there's matter being used, being pulled in. And so now this, they need heat to create matter. Um, the information model will be the information how to interact with through some form of maybe divination or something like that. And then you have your Sipa and meta models that he breaks down later on. Um, said one of the most important skills to master is meditation. Being meditation. Still and being quiet and of zero thoughts. Yep. Uh, one of his recommendations was to, even if you're not able to do that and you can't do it or you've never done it, just try to sit still without movement, without thought, and focus on breathing for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. You can master that over time. That time starts to grow. Exponentially. And, yep. Yes. And it then over, and it gets easier and easier. Yeah. So over um, that time, your your antenna, uh, it, it starts to tune a little bit right. better. Imagine if you're trying to hit a target you know, with a bow and arrow. You know, and versus being really quiet and you're looking down there, but you have me and, and Brian throwing water balloons at you, or I just run up and jump kick you. That's what your brain's going to do. You know, I have an itch. Oh, my phone went off. Or, oh, what's that bird? That that bird over there was making a noise. My butt cheek's falling asleep. Right. I can't tell <laughs> oh, you how many times <laughs> I've been in a meditation session and my leg, you know, it, it was usually my leg. My yeah. leg would cramp. That's um, that's the one for me. Yeah, it's my leg would cramp because I was in an Indian position, you know, sitting, which was the most comfortable for me, and it's the fastest way for me to do it. Besides doing some other, uh, almost like yoga stances, you know, some Shaolin stances I do is pretty cool. A but lot that, of people, go ahead, Mike. Sorry, say, go ahead. A lot of people say, "Well, I can't meditate. I can't. I, there's no way I can you can. Do this. There's no way I can stay still. You sleep for eight hours. You're mm-hmm. in a coma for mm-hmm. eight hours in the evening at night every day." No, but people also don't really under like really fully understand what meditation is. Again, because of probably movies or right. whatever yeah. they think of it as this. Either in a you know, or something. Yeah, no, really, exactly. You know, and but really, like that whole you know, you're sitting there for. Um, let's say it. Let's say it starts off at ten seconds, and let's say you have a mantra. So you're saying this mantra for ten seconds, and then all of a sudden you remember something about work, and you're like. Then you realize, oh, I'm thinking about work. Okay, let me get back to my mantra. So then you go that, you know, back to the mantra. Let's say it's only 10 seconds again, and then now you're thinking about that you had to go shopping and whatever. Then you realize, oh, I'm thinking about shopping. I got to do this mantra. So then, okay, you start it back again. Let's say this time maybe it goes 15 or 20 seconds. But again, you end up, like, being distracted. You realize you're distracted. Well, guess what? You've been meditating. That's what it is. You're training your brain to realize that you're no longer 
you know, doing this thing that you're doing, you know, like you're getting into a, into a mode. And then when you're out of that mode, you catch it. And so now you can get right back to it. But you end up by practicing that, you know, again, they're, they're, um, they're exercises, that state of, you know, kind of, I guess, flow, I guess we can call that, excuse me, where you're just doing this mantra or, you know, whatever you're supposed to be doing is just happening. You're not fully consciously thinking about it. It's just going on. And then a lot of times you get that hiccup because you kind of just all of a sudden realize, oh, wait, like you're kind of coming back, I guess, you know, like out of that flow state. And then you get that little hiccup of, and then, oh, yeah. And then you can start doing it again, you know. But yeah, that's what it is. You're meditating. That whole time of of being frustrated and I'm doing this, oh, man, I'm, and thinking that you suck and okay, just get back to it. All you have to really do is just once you realize that you're not doing it, get back to it. You're meditating. That's it. But it's, again, to go back with the, um, what I was talking about, the, you know, the practice of visualization. Oh, I said mm-hmm. at that time, huh? Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's a muscle, you know, it's a thing. It's a thing that you work out so that you can, you know, start to realize those manifestations or those, those contacts, you know? So again, like earlier, I was, I was briefly talking about just little visual uh, things that I've gotten. Well, I've also, um, I don't know how to, um, so I guess I guess what I can say to uh, uh, on that point is that you you can get outer and you can get like inner things and I guess I've mostly no we we've I think we've had some outer stuff but I also like you hear inner sounds sometimes like or at least I do right. like I I, yeah. I I always I always hear bells it's the bells um, the chimes yes bells and like wind chimes mm-hmm. um mm. from time to time you'll, you'll hear yeah um but again um for me at least when i'm saying audible i'm hearing it but i know that i'm hearing it internally if that makes sense like i know that the sound's not coming from the backyard or it's not even coming from the room next to me like i'm literally hearing it inside myself right you know but yeah a lot of bells chimes um um kind of female um singing you know, oozed ahs kind of i guess vowel type you know um chanting singing if you will is is you know so so that but but that's the type of stuff that if you can't even sit still for you know 30 seconds you're not going to hear it you're not going to catch that so you're going to end your session frustrated because nothing happened and you know this and that but you haven't even practiced you haven't even um strengthened that muscle yet so you're totally overlooking it not even understanding that something is actually happening you know because again it's just the meditation part of it is, I guess, um, um, what would you say? Um, it's the foundation. Like, 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 what well, well, that, but I, but I mean, like, um, you're like, I guess, working on kind of extending your senses. So to, your, to your, brain, re- your brain is a muscle. To yeah, your else, brain's you know? a muscle. You're working your brain to, to do this feat, you know, and people go, why don't I, you know, like Brian was saying earlier, I can't, I can't meditate. Well, was there a time that you didn't drive and now you get in a car and, more than the majority of, majority of us never think when we're driving. It's scary, right? But you ever, you but ever driven true. home from work and be like, "Oh my god, my driveway's right there." I don't even remember what happened. You just space out and you go home. You're all automatic because it's muscle memory. Even the road that you're on, you can space out and you're you're driving all the way. You didn't even remember. Oh, I have to turn here, but you've done it so many times. So that that's all what what that is, you know. In 
this part of consorting with spirits, I believe in chapter four, which was very, very interesting when it came to respect and authority. Consorting, meaning you have to earn respect in order for it to be given. Now, I believe just like any relationship, whether it be human or even a pet, but now we're tying in spirit. I I see the correlation. I see where you have to understand the relationship that you're cultivating in order for it to grow, right? But at the same time, don't take any shit because there are spirits out there that will just take, take, take or treat you like shit. Well, it's and, like, yeah, it's like engaging with anybody that if you, for example, you want to go out, I need to go buy something. I need to go to Home Depot because that's where that stuff is going to be at in category wise. I go to Home Depot and Home Depot wants to charge me extra tax or something like that. And I go, no, 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 man. I'm only willing to pay the tax that is here for the state. I don't pay your imaginary tax. You have to set the terms and the prerequisites when you engage with a spirit. Otherwise, the spirit has rain. You know, it's kind of like the monkey's paw. You have to be very specific on what you're requesting and asking. Otherwise, he can add all, or they, the spirit can add all kind of stuff. You know, it's like the genie. The genie goes, well, you want to live forever? Cool. I'll make you live forever as a rock. Oh, I want to live forever as me. Okay, cool. You'll live forever as you, but your body's going to decompose. Well, damn it. And like, you have to think about every wording as much as possible. Like, and you, you hear about this in so many grimoires. Um, when you engage, uh, be careful what you say. Um, be careful what you say. Make sure that, you know, when you say it, it's exactly, you have to think everything out. You know, a lot of people would write it out before they would do their ceremonies or their rituals and stuff like that to make sure that they're, they were precise on that. Um, good stuff though. But even like he was saying, um, and again, it's, I like, I like how Jason Miller, he breaks things down. You treat it like you would treat a human, you know? Right. Because there's, we are spirit as well. Like, like he said, we are spirit as well. Yeah, but like so, like you 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 were saying, like with uh, talking about grimoires and stuff like that, some of the things are very um, like torturous, you know, like well, like you're hmm. taking this thing and like you know demanding all this and that and this and that whatever, and then you get obviously that type of response. But it's the same way that like if someone walked up to you or me mm-hmm. in this way, you're going to react that way as well. Right. Whereas if they walk up to you, kind of in a friendly manner then you're gonna you know talk with them in a friendly manner you know so right but also i think something that like like mike had had said said briefly you gotta kind of walk all of it though you know you gotta be able to protect yourself as well you know so that stuff it does come in handy but again again um, it, it does appertain to per spirit for example you have a spirit that you may need some quick dramatic action from versus a spirit that would be more calming and Basically, would would maybe a, a less direct path, but over a period of time, you have a, a gain from it. So, isn't that where offerings come in, though? Like, there's there's specific offerings for certain deities. Some are very easy, you know, something easy as as maybe liquor right. or right. Uh, flowers, and mm-hmm. then others would require more distinct things and ingredients. That are hard to find. Correct. It's the same uh, thing as if I decide to go into a diesel truck, a Tesla, or a regular gas car, 
or electric car or a pedal with my own legs. It's the same. It's a vehicle. It's going to get me to point A to point B, some faster, some slower, some quicker, some um, more damaging to the environment. But it gets me there faster and it's readily available. It's just what avenue do you want to take per this request? And this request could be you want your crops to, to, to you know, yield better crops. You want your neighbor's crops to fail. Where do you want to do? What direction are you going in? Just same thing with electricity. I can light a house with it or I can you know, electrocute a car full of grandmas. It's, it's not really the electricity that's evil. You know, it's how you fun- how you gonna how you're using f- it. using it how you using that energy. You know, and yep. those spirits. You know, the thing that electrocute the grandmas could be you know some pitchfork that's rigged with electricity or something. You know, that's kind of menacing looking. And then the Tesla that drives me over there is like all nice looking, and you know. But but still to talk about on how you approach and deal with them. Um, um, he he talks about and, and you guys. I'm not gonna give the the name of the this, this particular spirit. You guys can get the book and read it. Um, and, and it's really it's really good because he actually talks about a couple dealings with specific spirits. But, Very specific spirits. Yes. Yeah, but there's there's a spirit where he um when he, his first time um trying to deal with this spirit, he approached it from um the uh I guess the it, w- it would be the way of the lesser keys of Solomon. I believe yeah, is is, is, is what it was. Yes, the Grimoire. He 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 approached it that way, which is kind of what I was talking about. That little you know kind of torturous, demanding you know throwing them in here and, you know, threatening and this and that and that. Well, he said that when he did that, he did have an experience and he said it was terrifying. He said that it, what did he, what did he say? He said that it felt that like that feeling that you have when say you're, you're in a fight and, you know, you're fighting this person and you see a punch coming to your face. You can't get out of it out of the way, you know, you're going to get hit. And it's like that split second about it, like it's about to hit your face. He said that feeling, like that feeling, he said, I guess, just came over him and he couldn't shake it. And it was just like terrifying. So I guess, you know, he did his thing to finish it and get it out. You know, you can leave now, that type of thing. Went away, felt better. Um, (laughs) But he was scared. So he's like, you know, I don't think I want to, I don't think I want to deal with, you know, this particular spirit. So he did not for years. And um, again, uh, you guys can can verify this in the book it was a good i think 10 to 20 years later i, th- mm-hmm. I think it was he um i don't know if he just i don't, I don't recall if, if he just decided I'm, you know what i'm gonna try this again from a different perspective or if he says that he actually mm-hmm. read something he where read somebody something. It, that's what it was right yeah he read he read another because and again you're always you know as like a, ma- a magician a sorcerer you should always be try different things. Yes. You know, you should try, you know, different stuff, study different paths, even, you know, um, he, he, he found another source dealing with the same spirit in a different way. And it was, uh, a lot more friendly, you know, of a way. So he's like, you know what, let me try this out. So he tried that out and he had a different experience that the spirit came through in a way more friendly manner, and I think he even says he still deals with that spirit to this day. But again, because of how he approached it, you know, yeah, based, he's based on that clear. format, yeah, yeah, he's very clear on you know expect expect the results when you come in a little too hot to receive it hot because it's it's exactly like trying to to speak to a person. You're not going to come in, hey. Ryan, you're going to give me this and you're going to give it to me tomorrow. Or 
or else you're not going to be happy with that because that's not cool, dude. You know, right. but we're we're talking about different types of energies here, and I, I, the 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 rules are completely different, right? They don't pertain to 3D rea- reality. So I I think in, in that sense, you know, consorting with these spirits is is not well. One, it's not easy, but two, there's a there are a lot of different ways to do it, and, and I didn't know that. Like when when I got through this part, it was just amazing on how many different types of ways you can consort with these beings. And it could be from a, a prayer standpoint to an actual summoning to uh, being possessed, or there was just so many different ways. And almost and, all, and, all of those ways, Mike. Um, in the beginning of that, and any any student has to learn how to defend themselves and to protect themselves. It's an yes. over exhaust. They they exhaust it over and over and over. You have to learn to protect yourself first before even learning the steps to do what you're talking about. In all of those forms, that's the first thing you have to do. There was one part of the book where um, I believe he was talking about a group of women that belonged to a Catholic church. Uh, There's a bunch of ladies uh, who were clearly favored by spirits and and saints that they prayed to. Um, They said that... In the book, he said that their requests and their prayers in the community were being seen. There were the that uh, whatever they were praying to, obviously God. I think it was obviously Christian, right? Yeah. And their prayers would be answered, right? But they never received any communication back from the spirits they were calling. The prayers just were answered, you know, and that's very common in in these practices. Uh, and the 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 kicker at the end was okay. You have this group of women who are doing this, right? Are they witches? Uh, he straight out said, "Not for me to decide, but for my money, they are." They're consorting with spirits, aren't they? Yeah, right. right? I, I mean, you, you could call it whatever you want to call it. Just. Admit what it is, though. Right. Like a lot of this was going on to where you had, on one hand, somebody screaming how holy they are and denouncing witchcraft. And at the same time, they are committing witchcraft at the same damn time. It was just who was in power. For an ex- a really good example of this was um, King James. On one end, of it, uh, one end of his castle, he had a bunch of uh, uh, scribes writing the Bible. On the other end of the castle, he had witches trying to turn his urine into gold. So he he didn't know what I don't think he cared what avenue worked as long as it worked. He just wanted results. He wanted results. Right? So he wanted to be him. right. He wanted to be safe in heaven, right? So he had all the scholars doing all that stuff and writing the Bible in his name or a reversion a, a new version of the Bible, right? And then on mm-hmm. the other hand, he's like I, and I got to get mine while I'm here too. So that was very very common where you had either people Double dipping Oh, way double dipping, man. <laughs> yeah, like, what was it, Pope Pius? He uh, yeah, would denounce all these these Templars, right, and all this other stuff and witchcraft and stuff. Yet he was um, um, draining little boys of blood using pig's uh, veins and, and doing blood transfusions 
one of the earliest trans, uh, blood, blood transfusions, you know, and it's like insane. And like, you know, maybe he wasn't killing some of these kids, but I mean, he, he, just the horrors of that. Like they didn't have needles back then. Like how the hell are they doing that? You know, but that's what he was into. And that was a fringe science back then. You know, that wasn't even doctors. There was a guy with a rag, you know what I'm saying? And he was the doctor. He was the one who was a, hey, I have a hot poker that I'm going to burn your hole, that you have a gaping hole in your arm to cauterize it. And I uh, hope you live, bud. You know, and then they're doing a blood transfusion. So, you know, somebody has to start somewhere. It's usually pretty mucky and gross until we understand how to perfect it, make it look nice, and then it becomes a science. You know, but they all started somewhere. Um, since we're talking about this double dipping, should we go to St. Uh, Cyprian? Yeah. So St. Cyprian, pretty cool dude. Um a lot of people um, hear about St. Cyprian. St. Cyprian did a lot of really cool stuff. Um, he basically was a 4th century um, sorcerer. Um, he was the most learned sorcerer of his time. Um, he basically fell in love with this female named um, Justinus. Justinus. Uh, he fell in love with her. He wanted to woo her. So... Uh, what any good sorcerer does is uh, he summoned demons to go fetch her and to win her over for him. And every time these demons would show up, she would do the sign of the cross and the demons would flee. And they would come back and say, hey, man, we can't do it. And he would summon somebody greater, go bigger, bigger, bigger. And then he goes to here and gets these bigger demons, the generals of, of hell or whatever to go and go over there and, and, and to woo her. And she keeps doing the sign of the cross. He's like, damn, okay. I used what I know, and it doesn't work because she's doing the sign of the cross. At least the story goes. So he converts. Yeah, he's like, I need to learn that. Right, because what magic is this? Because he just sees this magic. So he basically, uh, what's he do? He converts over to Christianity, becomes like, what is it, not a pope, not a cardinal or archbishop or something like that. It was something. He becomes something like that, and uh, she becomes a nun. They say really close friends, apparently. And um, I, th- I think they they um, like performed exorcisms together. Yeah, there's a bunch. Stuff. Of they they, they did stories. a bunch of actual. If you like, really look at, it, they did a bunch of magic together. It but, was magic, but but as I guess Catholic Christians, you know, Catholic Christian magic. Right. So it was under the guise of Christianity that they were doing this in the name of the Lord, and um, you know, it was kind of like having uh, Constantine say that he's actually a Christian, and you know, Constantine the movie the DC comic that he's a Christian and, and he's just doing this in Christian magic, which is clearly not Christian magic. Um, so he does that. And then, you know, the story goes is that he continued his practices, his magical practices while being Christian the whole entire time. Um, so there's a lot of magic that deals with St. Cyprian. Um, a lot of people like him. A lot of people like to use him for various things to work through him. But there, but there's a reason why, right? Why you can even, work with him it's because of what he was doing when he was alive like Already. all his work yeah right yeah he, he made connections and right with, with basically heaven and hell I well, guess. with both so he was using both agents he was tra- yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah because he, he realized that you can't just use one or the other you have to use both because everything again we've echoed this on the show numerous times as above so below as within as without um micro macro um everything needs a balance so he was using both. You know, these guys were great for when somebody tries, you know, to do harm to me and I want to do some magic back to them, I use these guys. 
if I want to use some healing apparatus or uh, healing um, uh, spells, then maybe he's using a different spirit for that. Um, you know what? We're just going to give a quick shout out here to Jeremy Gaffney. What's up, brother? Michael Samu, what's going on, man? Play the piano for us again. Uh, JBZ, what's up, bro? I hope you finished reading that book. I would love to hear what you thought about that book you got that is in our discourse. Check out our discourse if you haven't. And Drebat, uh, what's going on? Uh, many cultures saved and continued their practices under the cloak of the church. Uh, that's kind of a yes and no quest, uh, answer, actually. it's a, I wouldn't say many cultures saved themselves. It was the church couldn't physically get rid of it. Um, so they in, indoctrinated their culture and or beliefs and ripped out things that they thought were Satan. So yes, it's kind of a yes and no. Good uh, good statement there, Dreebat. Um, what else do we have by St. Cyprian? Chapter 6. Um, okay, what else do we got? You still got more with St. Cyprian? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. Okay. Chapter 6, um, where he's talking about local spirits and getting to know the locals. Uh, it kind of made sense, you know, why wouldn't you have something that's been around that area or your that local area, area uh, be in your favor? You know, so that way when you're making these connections later on, maybe that being or thing knows it. And says, hey, you know, I'll hook you up. I know a guy. You know, which mm-hmm. was very interesting to me because I didn't know that that world worked that way. You know, right, right. Again, but kind of, kind of like humans. You know, yeah. Like, like yeah. the big boss isn't the one doing all the work. He's got, you know, there's people under him and, and an assortment, an assortment. You know, contract contracts out with this company and mm-hmm. this and that. You know, they do the deliveries and you know, sim- and the, the, very similar. The line between good and evil is kind of traversed very easily in, in extremely the, easily in this this area because like you said James they he and I'm talking about Jason Miller he talks about going into both where you're talking to the demons and you're talking to the angels and right I mean they were all the same, the same correct time. yeah they were all the same yeah. they only separated over a disagreement Right, but from a Christian standpoint, right, mm-hmm. that that sounds just so outlandish. It just sounds like, how is that even possible? Right, it just shows how ignorant we are. You know? Well, because I was going to say, I mean, different. that's it's a viewpoint, and that viewpoint. When and I'm not trying to knock anything, this is just what it is. You you limit yourself on what not only what you can do, but your belief. You know, when your belief tells you not to believe anything else, that's kind of like a red flag a little bit and says never to go look over there whatsoever. Never read, listen. You need to turn tails, stick your fingers in your ears and run. I mean, that's just kind of suspect a little bit. Like I'm just going to say this. If I was a God, all powerful, omnipotent, I dare you go, go do it. Because, and then in the end of that, I could play um, pardon the pun here, but devil's advocate is if, if God is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-seeing, and all-omniscient, wouldn't he be the other side as well, right? He's everywhere, right? So it would be all things go through God, as they say, right? All paths go through the all paths lead to God. So you would just be taking the long road either way. So he wouldn't care. At least that's what I would think. I mean, according to all the teachings and stuff, you know? 
Yeah. Um, I agree with that statement wholeheartedly. I mean, it's like, go ahead, man. Go do it. Good for you. Because, like, it's kind of weird because, like, they say, you know, he gave us freedom to choose. But why would we have punishments then? Because he wants us to choose. It's like, damn, man, you know what? I want you to choose for yourself. And you chose something that I didn't want for you, but I'm glad you chose for yourself. Go do it. But it's not like that. It's like you have the freedom to choose what you want, but I'm going to throw you in hell for choosing that. That's not freedom of choice. No. Clearly. That's a definition textbook. That's not my opinion. That's that's not. That's if you don't do this, I hit you with this. That's tyranny. That's something completely different. So I don't know. I just think if it was any God, whatever God it may be, you know, if you're powerful and you're all this and that, I think you, you would just like how he tells us, you know, to do good through our works. Well, wouldn't he just do that too? Right? right? Look at me. Worship me for all the good works I do for you. Not worship me for I'm a jealous God. Worship me no- for all the things I do for you. Look at this. I create miracles in front of you. Here you go. Everything's fruitful. Everything's amazing. No. So it's a little different. I did mention going to churches, specifically to churches, temples, synagogues, to meditate and pray. Now, we all understand why these places are designed for that, you know, mm-hmm. but in this situation, it's it's a little bit different. I think what he's saying here is this is going to help you learn how to meditate and focus and get get you the results that you want times 10 because you're in a place that is just for that. So if you right. can't meditate at home or you're, you're having problems doing it because you're just, there's just too much going on, go to a church or go to a temple, go to a synagogue, go to a place of worship where you yeah. can be with your thoughts and really focus. Well, th- all those places produce not just one thing, but one main thing, which is a place of solitude. So you can go right. there and be with your thoughts and, and meditate. But um, when he's talking about that, just to, just just say it. But those places are actually acting as um, a resonance amplifier. So when you're inside of a temple, synagogue, church, or a building like that, the architecture alone is made to amplify what you are doing. So if you are meditating and chanting, you are now doing it in a megaphone. So that's really what the idea and the concept of uh, why these temples or places of worship whatever denomination you may be or whatever belief system, that's what they're there for. It's a focalized point where you can go and people go and now meditate. So now the energy of all the other people that have meditated the same thing that you're so, so much going to meditate, you know, that's, it's very, fairly similar, you know, to this God, whatever it may, may be, you know, the Japanese God or, you know, El Elohim or, you know, who, whoever, yeah, you're right. worshiping Lucifer or whatever. That temple is there to amplify whatever you're doing to get that to that deity. And, you know, from, from my experience, growing up Catholic, growing up at St. Matthias and Huntington Park, that that part that you just said right there, that these places are specifically designed, yes, they are. And I remember being a kid and, and having that experience. Uh, it was a good experience. I can't, I'm not going to say it was bad. It was a good experience because I felt, I felt, I felt good going through me, right? Mm-hmm. Whether that's God or the Holy Spirit, whatever. Right? Whatever that, that was, that energy or that exactly. spirit was, right. Whatever we were trying to get, we got, and mm-hmm. it worked. And uh, I remember just when you walk into 
if for those of you who've never been to a Catholic church is very different than a Christian church. It's a little more solemn. Uh, there's a lot of marble. There's a lot of stone and some statues and pictures. How old? Yeah. How you old the church there, is. Watch all the stories by the numbers. This church is pretty old and it's very, very huge. The acoustics there are super loud mm-hmm. and it was built very, very, I, I want to say in the early or no late 1800s, one of the first buildings erected in Huntington park. Mm-hmm. So, there's a lot of history there. And on top of that, it was built in a way where the focus of sound from where the priest is at and the altar. That's a specific location. In, yeah. Yes. So that's supposed just, to be the throat of the church. Boom, just to let you guys know that. It that's, resonates from there. Right. And it blows up. And that's where you feel it. Right. And that's where you feel it. Uh, and, you know, I'm not saying, hey, you got to go to church and, and, and check this out. But no, if you if you do have a church nearby or, or, or go check one out and just sit there for a while and just meditate, think. Uh, this actually made me want to go back and kind of reconnect with that. And I'm not saying I want to go back and, you know, become full Christian, you know, fully Christian again. No, I want to go back and I want to connect with God. That's what I did when I was a kid. You know, there's a big difference now. <laughs> right. So I, I see it as a, in a, in a different light. Um, again, yeah, James, like you said, you know, go to a church and these places, regardless of what you're praying to, they're designed for that. They're designed for that. Yeah. There are specific locations within those temples, depending on what architectural design they have. But there's a spot, like you were saying, that you, you can step on. It's usually denoted by stones. Usually something's different. And you can step on that. If there was nobody in the building and you spoke, it would sound super crazy. Yes. And, then, you know, as a kid, as an altar boy, we, we messed around with that a lot. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's like projection would, of your voice. Yeah, We would just start yelling and screaming just to see how, because nobody else was in the church. It was just us. Yeah. We were setting it up, you know, and you're just, we're just making all this noise. And there's certain areas in, like you said, right behind the altar is the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. That's where it was just super loud. And, mm-hmm. Anywhere else was loud, but not as loud. Like you said, right. it's the throat, and it was designed for that. Right. Yeah. The head, the head of the church is where Christ would be. Right. The cross. Mm-hmm. So that's the head. The throat or the vocal cords would be where the the pulpit the or yeah, the altar, yeah. where, where the priest is going to be. And then you have the breast or the heart, which would be the <clears throat> the the people, the congregation. And then you have, um, I think, the diaphragm is supposed to be the uh, What's it called where the choir boys go up there? The area, the balcony in the back behind you when you're sitting? I think it's called the balcony. That's the balcony or whatever <laughs> it is. It's not the choir's balcony or something. No, I, I think it's just a balcony, man. Yeah. They go up there, they sing up there, right? At least in the... Yeah. Right. So that's supposed to be like the diaphragm. And I think when you move on, you know, the, the entrances, we all know what the entrances we talked about in the show and stuff. So good times. You're in danger. Chapter seven, fear and danger was protection, protection, protection. A big one, right? And and a lot of it what he was referring to was, you know, Hollywood really paints this picture and it Hollywood actually scares us more than what it actually is. Not to say that there's experience there's people who've had experiences out there that were very, very bad, but in general he said the it's not really what you expect like in Hollywood where things manifest and shit gets thrown or, you know, it's, 
a lot of that is just BS. And right. it's kind of messing. It, it well, I want to say it's messing up the scene, but it's kind of giving bad information or false information. Just keep in mind Hollywood is literally the term when you break it down is from the Holly branch, which is a druid branch they, they would use to make wands to create illusions. So it's literally Hollywood or Hollyland is the land of illusions. That's Hollywood literally translated. So yes, it's literally illusions. They create illusions to, for fun, you know? You know, you always summon a devil on a pentagram. And the pentagram is a protection, which is so funny. And then half the time in the movies, Satan never shows up, right? Because they have a pentagram on the floor, which he couldn't stand on. So it's like you knocking on somebody's door and then holding the door from the outside so they couldn't open it or like wedging the door shut. So it was always kind of funny <laughs> to see them do that. I'm like, why do they always freaking do that? Like, can't they just pay somebody to come in and give them better information? It's like the whole thing with Star Wars and like the lasers, pew, 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 pew. There's no sound in space, bro. But it would be a horrible movie if it was all muted when they were fighting in space, right? <laughs> So you have to add a little bit of illusion. And if they know? can hit their shots, it oh, end a lot quicker. You know, you think back, you know, it's like in a future, <laughs> my laser is going to automatically go to you. I'm not, I don't even have to point anywhere, right? Let's get to that, right? You made a Death Star. You can't hit nothing. Right. Okay, I digress. Well, as far as protection concerned, what is the bare minimum? Knowledge. If you do not know, go away. Don't do it. It's just like if I didn't know how to drive and I'm a 12-year-old and I took my dad's keys, I could probably go around the block and I'm going to hit something, the chances are really high. I may not hit nothing. I may do it 10 times and never hit nothing, but I take it out on the highway and I get run over or I don't know about streetlights. I know stop signs, but I don't know streetlights or I don't know what a blinking red light is. You know, if you don't know the signs. Yeah, definitely – you know, if you're going to try to do anything, you know, do your studying and stuff like that. But probably if you're going to say anything about the most basic, maybe kind of a protection thing, it's probably going to be a circle. Right. You know, circle all, of salt. You know, always make, you know, it's it's, it's just a step. And, and, and even at, the, at that, it's not even as... as uh, it's not 100%. It's not, well, no, well, not necessarily that, but it's not as, you know, super mystical even as, you know, people put it. It is and it's not. You're just establishing a a, 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 little, a little barrier, a, boundary, a little yeah. boundary. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I believe, I think it's in this book that he talks about literally with his toe, he, like, like in the tar- in the carpet, just draw, dragging out a circle with his right. toe. Yeah. It's You're, more for but, visual for yes, yourself. Yes, exactly. Because a lot of stuff, it, it, it's mental things for you. You know, it's kind of like when, you know, um, uh, I, I'm in my 40s, so I don't know. Maybe if, if younger people know this uh, this little thing or not, but like um, you talk about like tying a, a thread on your finger to remember something, you know, it's just a little trigger, something for you to do a mental trigger to know that something's going on. So yeah, you make this little circle. So you're saying I'm in here. This stuff is out there. I'm protected. You know, you told yourself you made that. You know. It's also to create belief within you. you know? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So just to yeah. read a quote, he says, uh, Chaos Magicians suggested that because belief was the primary factor in magic, one could switch between these investing beliefs, uh, switch between these by investing belief in whatever suited your work. So the, the power of belief 
You know, like I drew that circle, nothing can cross it. it it's, you know, you need that realization that I can do. And then again, um, um, stack on top of that, the visualization that let's say this circle you just drew is flaming, it's on fire, or it's, you know, so now it's this really protective barrier, you know, so you added a visualization to that. So now, you know, you're again, you're working in that other dimension or that other realm you're established you just establish that space somewhere else you know you can even do this when i think uh if you guys uh james mentioned it our discord if you guys go into our discord we had a um a talk going on about astral projection and somebody was talking about um um, establishing spaces while you're astral projecting you know so again the visualization and stuff like that, that's tools or not tools, but it's it's just practice and exercise to get to that. That's uh practice. It's for anything you do in life, right? You need to practice. But people say they practice, they're practitioners. But but um, also oh sorry, go ahead, Mike, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna get into the next chapter. Oh no, okay, but I was gonna say also with with all that said and done, um you know, people get, you know, scared and this and that, whatever. Well, understand if you did your research and, you know, you you practiced and, and you've done your exercises and stuff to get stronger and stuff like that, you can, you can try stuff out because the magic that is going to hurt you is also going to protect you. And that's that part that they always leave out of the movies. You know, we're talking about Hollywood movies. The magic is always strong enough to harm you and backfire on you. But for some reason, all the protection that you've put in place will never work. And it, you know, doesn't necessarily work that way. If you're, yeah. if you, if you've done your research and stuff and, and you, and you've learned these things to protect yourself, you should be okay to try some things out. But again, you know, know that you are trying some things out, you know, right. Like, but you got that guy that 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 pastor that was like COVID nineteen, I cast you out. They did that metal uh, yeah. redo, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's literally that's what he's doing. He's casting. Yeah, he's casting. And he's on national television. Yeah, he's he's calling this thing. He gave it a name. He gave it a name. And, yeah, and he calls upon God, and he, that's exactly what the consorting with spirits is. Yeah, but so it's God all the same thing him. except the name is just God. Yep, mm-hmm. that's the only difference. Yeah, and also you guys, we're we are. Um, we're we're glossing over a lot of stuff. We're kind of bouncing back and forth. Uh, I think Mike is trying to keep us in some sort of order, but we're. I don't think <laughs> yeah. we're necessarily doing that. We're kind of going back and forth. It's a really really yeah. good book. You guys really really have to have to get this you book and, and read, read it. This book. Um, something that we're not um talking about and that we didn't actually really mention is that he actually gives you um rituals to try. Yeah. You know, for 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 contacting and consorting with 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 spirits, and and <laughs> also know, um, he not only through one lens he gives you, uh, was it three? He does the, like he, he does the 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 Hecate, he mm-hmm. does Luciferian, and he and Saint then he Cyprian. does the Saint Cyprian, which is a Christian um, mm-hmm. um, um lens. So he gives you three different um, viewpoints, three different paths of how you can you can. Um, consort with spirits and, and with different spirits and ways to go about it. But then again, if you're somebody that has done, you know, research and so you don't have to be specifically, you know, dealing with those three paths. If you know your path and you know what's what, then when you're reading through um, these rituals that he lays out for you, you will see and know where to remove and replace to make it work for what it is that you actually do. 
So that's another really, really good thing about his, his, his stuff, his books and what he does. Just to give you guys some um, – well, to give you guys literally the contents of the book, there's the chapter titles here before we move on to the next one. Uh, chapter one is What is a Spirit? Two, Modes of Manifestation. Three, Spirit Skills. Four, Respect and Authority. Five, Prayers and Spells. Six, Get to Know the Locals. Seven, Fear and Danger. Eight, Friendly Conjuring. That's nine, we're out right now. Mm-hmm, nine, Compelling Conjurations. Ten, Intermediary Spirits and Familiars. Eleven, Relationships and Packs. And twelve will be Questions and Answers. And there's party words and notes in here. So this is a... I mean, it's not that big of a book, but it's still 215 pages. I mean, that's a lot to digest. That's not something that you're going to finish in one day. Um, not only that, but the information that's in there is you're going to go and Google a bunch of stuff and other books. I mean, he's quoting, he give, um, he's reciting a bunch of different things, he quotes. So this is a, a really well-rounded book here. Are we going to jump into how number eight? We were talking about, uh, yeah, we're on chapter eight, friendly conjuring, and we're ta- when Brian was talking about, oh yeah, there's there's actual rituals in here, and uh, earlier last week when I when I was uh, reading through this book, I put it on text to speech so I could just hear it, right? And when I put it on text to speech, it got to it got to a part where I was like, oh what the? Fuck? I don't think I want I gotta, this like, turn out it off. Right What's going on? Uh, so I had to stop it. Your house got all dark, started shaking. Yeah. So I started reading, and bro, I had like my studio speakers on, you know, so it was loud. And I was like, okay, no, let's stop it right here. I started just to read the rest myself and before I summoned the fucking demon or something. That is a fucking hilarious. It was funny. It was funny at the moment. I mean, yeah. It was crazy. So getting to now we're in chapter eight, friendly conjuring, where we invite the spirit to appear rather than demand the, the spirit to appear. Uh, I think that from a logical perspective, that makes sense, right? Like you want somebody to come over to your house. You want to have some things for that person. Hey, come over to pad. I got some whiskey or I have this great food that I'm making, you know, and I think it's, yeah, I think it's a, analogy is something like, you know, a, a, a new neighbor moved in, you know, how, right. the way yeah. that you approach them. Um, do, you, do you go over there it, and you knock on the door? That, yeah. It, it'll, def, it, it'll establish the, how that relationship, you know, goes from that point on, you know, another thing that he was talking about is, um, you, the things that you use for rituals. Um, and he was talking to, he was talking about the sigil of Lucifer, um, he said, you know, having that isn't a bad thing, but why would you want to have that on your cup of joe in the morning? Because technically you're having something that's going to attract a demon to you on your cup that you're drinking. But also, did, did you see the little known fact that that is actually Asian Lucifer? Just, it just that I guess I guess the world just thought that that particular Lucifer sigil looked the coolest, so that's right. what everybody uses. But that particular sigil is is specific to Asia. Lucifer liked that one the most. That's why. Yeah, yeah. So, so what he says is maybe you know Lucifer liked the way that one looked the most. Also, that's why he you know it, it was so uh, so attractive to to everybody else that are into him. You know, but. But yeah, that's just you know that kind of goes into the to the local stuff a little bit of of how 
um, you know, something can start off local, but it can gain traction and move and become something bigger, you know, that's yeah. more worldwide. Yes. For example, like the Satanic Church, they use yeah. Baphomet. Yeah. And yeah. like, I have that's nothing against the Satanic Baphomet. Church. I love what they're doing in, in as far as the court and how they're trying to, you know, for people's freedoms and, and their rights. But you took Baphomet and made him a Satan. That's just, that's yeah. that one does bother me. Yeah. Other than that, great work, guys. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, mm. Very complex, this, you know, consorting experience. We have uh, JBZ here just put, I wonder if the Kabbalistic Encyclopedia would help with names and definitions. You know, unfortunately with these things, it, it would help to an extent. You know, you have to keep going back. Again, it's the game of Jenga, just like with religion. It's the same thing with wordplay. When you have a name, specifically a name of a deity, you can keep going back and then you see the attributes and stuff that are attributed to that that name and then it just keeps going it's a game of jenga you gotta keep going all the way back to the bottom but that that's exactly what the important part of doing that is though so it is good to to get encyclopedias like that to look up names because the way so that's the thing is that a lot of these deities they have different names you know um people on this this area this part of the planet called it one name it was called the same thing was called another name over here but also it um, may have showed itself a different way, and and, and this is a, an analogy I think that Jason he he uses in the book uh, definitely. Um, you you know your your family knows you; they know a certain version of you. You go to work, your coworkers know a certain version of you. You go out, whatever you know, you do, you party on the weekend. Those people know a certain you know, but it's still all you. So knowing those different names, though, when it in in, in terms of consorting, like, you know, because that's what we're talking about here that's going to help you to in your work because again what what's the point of consorting with the spirit they're helping you with your work if you're you know you're a practitioner that's the purpose of it they're helping you along with whatever it is your goal that you're trying to get so they just have job titles man they got no yeah they yeah have job titles exactly exactly for this function i need somebody who does construction yeah versus somebody who does you know child care yeah so so you know like 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 Hecate, she has many many different epithets, and and you use them for different things. You know, you're you you're trying to get something moved out of your way. You know, it might be you know propole that you're gonna call on. Um, you know, you want to unlock, you know, something. You're gonna call call on Claiduke. You know, like so these different there are different aspects of of the goddess or the you know the specific deity. So. You yeah. know, there, there's, 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 there's Brimo, you know, there's, there's more like wrathful, you know, epithets, vengeful, vengeful yeah. you know, so maybe you're doing a specific working that you might want, you know, maybe someone's been messing with you and you, you know, needs, need it to stop. And, and you, you gave them ample time and, to leave you alone. He still didn't. And yeah, exactly. So, you know, and that's when you're going to do that type of thing. It's not that you do that all the time, or maybe you are the type of person that does that type of thing all the time. Yeah. I'm yeah, not, I'm not into that, but if you've messed with me enough you know, I might get to get that it. point. And so you might it. ask somebody who does. And so, and so you're going to want to know, you know, you're not going to call on the friendly version of the deity you work with because, you know, you're not looking for friendly work, you know? So yeah, like encyclopedias and, and, and knowing the different names and stuff like that is, is actually a really good thing to get into. Absolutely. And I would also say like how, um, Jason Miller goes through all these different grimoires, 
You know, he he's showing you why how you know he's going and checking all these different grim, grimoires. And this grimoire tells you to do this. And this grimoire, which is older, it tells you to do just about the same thing, except for this piece that's completely left out. And as he was saying, you have to try different things. Like Brian was saying earlier, he had tried one with his deity and he hated it. And ten years later, he tried a whole other method of contacting that and or conjuring that spirit, and it was completely different and totally worked for him. And it was like, hey, this uh, this works out. It yielded something, whatever that was, an experience or yielded an outcome that he desired. So, good stuff. I really like the part in Compelling Conjurations, which is chapter nine, where he's talking about. You know, if you believe that demons are legit fallen or damned, then why wouldn't you bind them to do your work? I mean, it worked for Solomon. Why wouldn't it work for you? Right. And his main rule was don't morph into the person that you think will best suit them. Instead, think about you, who you are and how you want the interactions to go. And that was a quote from the book. Uh he really gets into the Q like the Q and A in in your mind when you're reading this book because he's answering like he's talking about something and then you have a question then he answers it. <laughs> so just, 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 to, just to speak on on that real yeah, quick, that that Q and A comes from. So he teaches courses. He has courses courses online. Um, his website is strategic strategic sorcery dot net, yes. and so you can go there and and check out different things he offers there. And, and, and I so his IG is just strategic sorcery as well. Yes, it is. It is. So, but if you go to his website and you can check out the different courses and things he offers. And when you hop into these, he has free stuff. He has paid stuff as well. Um, but anyways, when you hop into, if you get into the community, you know, you know, you're, you get access to forums and stuff like that. These, the Q and A's for this book came directly from, <clears throat> from people like us, actually me and James are part of um, some of his groups. So, when he was working on this book, we got emails. Hey, guys, I'm working on this book. This is what the topic is. If you guys have any questions on this topic, send them in. I didn't myself. I didn't uh, I didn't ask anything. I don't know if James did or not. Wow. But so just to know that, yeah, these, these questions are real people from, you know, uh, practitioners that are, you know, at various levels trying to figure this out the same way we all are. Right. And going into chapter 10 which is in intermediary spirits and familiars and there was a part here that really and it hit home and i'm going to mention something that's going to make james very happy you know just just to mention uh jbz was wondering if there's a couple a encyclopedia um in the book on page like 154 um it's conjure other demons with his method but he gives you a list of uh, demon names the Hebrew version of that name, you know, it's English, Hebrew, and then Egyptian, and yes. it's it's about one, two, three, four pages long. So he is giving you names and different versions of that. So if you did have that Kabbalistic encyclopedia, you can look at his book and now compare. I can't tell you how many books I'll have open when I'm doing research, either for an episode, my own personal stuff, or somebody asks me something. Um, I'll have four or five books open. And it's specifically to check the references or words. Are they the same word? Is it different somehow? Is it used in a different connotation? So it is uh, key that you do know um, etymology of what words you are using and the etymology of the names of the deities. 
Go and, for it, Mike. And yes, Michael Samuel, just a comment real quick from the, the chat. Um, <clears throat> you you definitely don't want to like necessarily mix and match traditions <clears throat> too crazy because it kind of won't make sense. And Jason actually he does talk about that in the in the book. Like you wouldn't what is what does he say? Um, um, something about like you wouldn't use like a ferba with Odin for you know to do like another tradition. So yeah, it it, it all has to make sense with right. You know, it has to, to fit to that dichotomy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My part that really got to me was him stating, get to know your guardian angel, understand your guardian angel. Then he references the sacred magic of Abramelin, the mage, yes. and what that book is. And we've covered it before. At the first we, chapter, mentioned, he mentions it. We mentioned A Dark Song, the movie, which mm-hmm. it, it goes into that. But, you know, 18 months asking God fervently for your personal angel to act as an intermediary between you and God and between you and demons, which are technically summoned, summoned under your power during this ritual. How important is it to really know your guardian angel? Because when he, when he stated this, it, it was like, okay, why, why isn't this mentioned anywhere else? This, you know, this is the first time I, I hear it in this sort of way. Right. From the way he talks about it, um, he says it's – and I've kind of heard about it in the the opposite. And he, he does mention it too is I always hear about, you know, <clears throat> people are doing it later on and older in life. But he's like, no, you should actually do it younger as soon as you can if you're into this stuff at a younger age. But he said pretty much as soon as you're getting into these type of things, you should try to get that communication as, as soon as possible because it's actually going to help you with – the rest of your work because you have some sort of connection going on already. Right. And, and those who are familiar with the Abramelin is an 18 month ritual, which has been broken down to a six month ritual, which was later broken down by Crowley's by Crowley. ritual and into a whole day. It's also, hours. yeah, the Abramelin is also referred to as the headless ritual. So some people mm. may know it more are more familiar with that term than the Abramelin. Um, so just to play a word play on that, the headless ritual, um, a lot of people say that it's because your higher self is your your guardian angel. So imagine you at your Christ avatar. You know, I'm not talking about you know, Christ himself, but the 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 the, the christened one. You know, your higher self, your higher elevated self that's already there, but it's waiting for you to catch up. So, you know, some people talk about that, that this guardian angel that shows up is really you in your highest form. And then there's other people like, no, it's literally your guardian angel that's going to show up. And then you get a wish or you get to ask for something or an exchange or, or something like that. silver or some bullshit. Right, right. And then that's something that he speaks about as well, um, that kind of your belief on that doesn't matter. You know, it does not because you're, you're you're gonna end up finding out, and yeah. from what he says, it's definitely not you. It's not right. I thought that was really cool. That like I I love that line where he goes, you know, I I don't need you to believe in me exactly for me to exist yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? And he was like, I'm yeah. sorry, what? He yeah. goes, I don't depend on you. Basically, like, what are you talking? Get get through the BS, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was like super, super, super cool because I mean, think about it. 
if if somebody doesn't know a gun exists, right? They have no concept. I'm like, hey man, I'm gonna kill you from over here. I don't believe that. Pfft, that doesn't mean nothing to me. I'm gonna pull that trigger, right? And then they're gone. Just so, just because they don't know or they don't understand doesn't mean that belief, you know, in one sense, belief could be everything, and in the same hand, it could be nothing. Yes, you know, which is crazy because it could be so powerful and so useless. Because I always talk on the show, I hate the word belief. You know, and it's a double-edged sword because belief is I am certain that something over there exists without me knowing, without me having any proof. That's the definition of belief. But at the same time, you can say that belief um, gives you a core ability to to believe I – mean, I hate to use that word, but to to give you a strength that comes from nowhere almost. You know, it's kind of like the placebo effect, you know, and – People go, well, the placebo effect is pointless. Well, no, it works, right? If it achieved the outcome, it achieved the outcome. And if you tell somebody, you know, it doesn't matter how you end up telling them, but if it's a placebo effect and that desired outcome reaches, then the placebo effect worked. Whether you give them a pill or some magical powers and they did the same thing, um, it still worked. That belief still worked, which is incredible. It's so powerful, and at the same time, it's almost nothing. It's almost idiotic, to be honest. I'm 100% sure that something I cannot see, hear, touch, or know about, or have any inkling about is there. Why? I Somebody told me. That sounds ridiculous, right? And then people go, but I have a feeling. I have a feeling that that's there. Why? The only way that you know that it's there is somebody told you. You didn't create that on your own unless you just create something already that exists somewhere else and nobody else talked about. But again, that's based off of something you've already heard growing up. So it's weird, this word uh, belief. Yeah, it's very weird. <laughs> um, chapter 11, which I think this is where we should probably stop because chapter 12 is Q&A and um, that should be left to the reader. By the um, book, man. Uh, yeah, by the book. I know 11, people who've had this on like waiting to purchase this for over a year. Relationships and packs. <clears throat> Always keep your promises or pay the consequences when it comes to dealing with spirits or <clears throat> deities. And do not yield serenity. So yeah, again, if you know, if you ask this thing to do something for you. And you say, if you do this, I will do this for you. And they do what they did for for you know what you asked, and then now you're not gonna right. reciprocate it. That's kind of messed up, you know. Again, a back back to dealing with humans, right? Right. Hey, mm-hmm. Mike, Mike, can you help me out with blah 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 blah? Uh, you know, I'll buy you lunch. Okay. All right. I cool. Thanks, man. Oh, all right. I'm a. Uh, I gotta go. Hey, but lunch. Oh, you know. Um, Never mind. How about Never like mind. next week? And then, you know, how about next week again? And then again, you know, and it doesn't happen. Then, like, I, I need help again. Hey, Mike, do you think you can help me? Nah, man. No. You still owe me lunch from, you know, two months ago. You know, whatever. The f- but it's the, it's the same it's the same type of thing where, you know, and again, the, the, the um, it can vary from just, you know, I'm not going to help you anymore to maybe I might smack you this time a little bit, you know. Yeah. Or, or maybe it's the not necessarily, or maybe it's not necessarily that I'm going to smack you or I don't help you no more. 
it's I'm not going to stop you from being smacked by something else. Right. Is kind of more of what it would be. More realistic, know? right? Yeah, ex- exactly. You know? Yeah. So in, in, in a nutshell, um, consorting with spirits was a really, really good, informative, and very deep read. I mean, it's it's not... It's an easy read, book, but it's also... But it's a yeah. good it's, read. It's full of information. Just to let you guys know, I'm a notes guy. Um, I have four pages of notes from the book, and there's more in there that I have to go back and to do my little researches on, like, you know, the different grimoires that he's, you know, talking about and stuff like that, you know, not just the common ones, like the Beatrix and stuff like that, but, you know, he's talking about a lot of different things in here. Um, so he has a lot of information. So when you're done with the book, you're going to re- reread it and basically follow all the little avenues, all the little rabbit holes, you know? Um, yeah. Just to sum up what Brian was saying, he goes right there, hey, you look out for me, and I look out for you. So when you make a deal with the spirit, that's what it's supposed to be. You scratch that's my back, is. I scratch your back. You don't follow through with that, then something's not going to happen, and or yeah. something will happen. And he, he's re- and what James just referred to right now is a part in the book where Jason talks about he's driving somewhere and he just hears uh, something in his head say, "Hey, stop pulling! You know, park right here." He does. Turns out to be a record shop. I guess he likes vinyl. That's kind of cool. But um, he goes in and he's looking, and there's a record right there that I guess he's been trying to find for a long time. Couldn't find it. He was not looking for it that day. He was driving around doing something else and just something, you know, he just kind of got that. Well, I think I'm looking at it right here. No, he says he actually heard the voice in his head. <clears throat> he pulls in. There's that record. So he buys it. And then he, he uh, ends up figuring out the spirit that helped him out. And as James just said, you know, spirit's like, well, hey, you know, you, you, you help me out. I help you out. So by him, you know, doing his devotional stuff, you know, prayers. Because, again, it's it's kind of like, you know, with a friend, right? You don't maybe necessarily have to talk to him every day, but check in on him here and there and stuff like that. And again, if you promise that you're going to do something for them, regardless of how often you see each other, do that thing that you promise to do. And, you know, like with me, I have, you know, humans. I have people that I help out with because I'm, I'm a graphic designer. I have some people that I help out with. I do some from free flyers for them for, for time to time. And because they're easy, it's, you know, quick to do. And every now and again, I get a bottle of whiskey in the mail. I don't ask for That's that bottle, nice. you know, but, right. but again, I, I didn't, I don't ask. I'm not saying, Hey man, I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to, you know, I help you out. You know, you, you, you release your radio show once a month. Um, I'll make that flyer for you once a month, but Hey man, you know, six months in, like, you know, you got to give me something, you know, that's six months of flyers I did for you. You know, I never once said that it's just, you know, he's a friend. We have a good rapport with each other. I help him out cool. and then I get stuff in the mail, you know, <laughs> so, understand reciprocation. Exactly. You exactly. understand being an adult and you understand respect. Exactly. And I think those are the main things that we, we, I, we took away from this book, but uh, more importantly, just don't be a dick, you know? Yep. Right. And that's, I mean, even in the spirit realm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would say specifically. Yeah. Time, specifically. You know? Cause I mean, you know, some other things this can apply. Shit could there. go wrong really fast. Really Something that bad. you weren't expecting. <laughs> yeah. So with that, I think we are done with this review. Uh, I have nothing but positive things to say about it. I, I love the book, and 
it, it really um it was really i look forward to more of his work and at, someday i hope to thank him in, in person because this was really good yeah this he is a great a review. Of, he did a lot of work it's a great, yeah, it a great, great review thing. great book i can't wait to purchase an actual copy and add it to my collection of his books yeah he's he's the the, the guy's got like 30 30 years under his belt stuff pra- practicing he wow. has ver- various courses that he teaches again various paths so you know if, he has if, workshop if you, videos he's got yeah. all kind of stuff you guys really need to check out jason he, Miller. he puts out a thing called arcane audio um again this is all accessible from his website strategic sorcery.net you can also follow him on instagram it's again strategic sorcery and then just a quick comment though uh you know we, we've been talking about this book and i and i hope you guys have figured that out but this is not a beginner's thing um you know if you've never if you don't practice anything you don't have any again as we're talking you know protection and any type of this knowledge established yet don't buy this book and start trying to contact don't them, do you know. text to speech yeah you know get, <laughs> don't do, don't you know, do that dude. get get started get started with with some things first and get some little bit of foundation established and then you know, start getting your feet wet. So again, it's not something for, for beginners. Right on. So let's close this out. James, you got anything for anyone? Um, give a shout out to Jason Miller, man. Thanks for putting out some good work and content that is digestible and beyond amazing information. Brian. Um, Thank you to all the listeners. Uh, I apologize for my marble mouth tonight. Um, <laughs> the next time I decide to chime in a little more, you know, than I usually do, I will try to not let that happen. But um, so, yeah, thank you guys for, for listening. And, and, and for those of you, you know, Michael Samu, JBZ, Dreebat, you guys are always in here and, and you guys always participate. Uh, we really appreciate that. Uh, to each and every person out there trying to be a better version of yourself tomorrow than you are today. Keep it up. You're doing great. And to all the brothers out there, um, Montebello Whittier, Oxnard, Channel Islands, uh, Logia Panamerica, um, what up? Downey, um, and, and, and anyone else, any other brothers listening? Yes. Mike, what you got? Uh, I, you know what, you guys covered it all, but I, I just want to throw out there, you know, in this whole realm where we are learning and studying and, and doing all these things, it, it's good to be, to give thanks to the people who pioneer the way or set a path and offer knowledge. Uh, make sure you take care of those people. Make sure you're you're grateful to to those folks that that give you this knowledge, and it doesn't have to be magic. Just in general, you know, just mm-hmm. be grateful. Um, other than that, that's all I got. Everybody, thank you. All our listeners, thank you. Uh, thank you for tuning in. However, you're watching this, comment below and let us know what your favorite part of the show was. For questions regarding the show, content ideas, booking inquiries, or just simply just to say hello, visit our contact page at keepersoftheword.net. That's it for today. Thank you for joining us. Over and out. Later. Later.